Have you ever wondered what the metaverse actually is? I've kind of wondered. And so I got a guy coming on that actually is pioneering virtual reality therapy. And I can't wait to ask him some questions and educate myself because I'm realizing again, I don't know very much. But if you're like me and you're curious, stay tuned. Welcome to the Dark Side of Therapy. This is Eric Nance, and I'm so excited today because I've got a gentleman on who actually does virtual reality therapy. And he and I talked a couple months ago, and I realized how ignorant I am because uh, I've done Zoom for a long time. I've done telehealth, but this is something totally different. And Terrence, you sent me a graphic of what you do, and I'm thinking, being a gamer from the 80s, like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's you do, and it is cool, and you do this for a living. And uh, I thought, man, I'd like to be part of this too, but I got too much other stuff going on. But luckily we have people like you out there. So yeah. I, I, I want to start with saying thanks a lot for coming on. And you. you are welcome. I want I want you to educate us, Terrence. I want you to tell us what this meta space actually is and why it's good for therapy. Right. You know, the, the, the great thing about what therapy has been in the past is that it's been a lot of face-to-face -face and then COVID happened and then a lot of telehealth moved to Zoom, even though they're already kind of doing Zoom. But the cool thing about the metaverse and the virtual reality is it's a com combination of both that puts people in one aspect of both worlds. So mm. you'll have the feeling that you're in person with, the pers uh, with that person, that therapist, that client, but you also have the feeling um, that you're there and you also have the feeling as if it's like a, a better feeling of this in Zoom because you look around, you see your, your digital side, you see this digital world, um, you see these digital people um, and the things that you can do there is actually transcendent what you can actually do in real life, right? So for right. example, uh, exposure therapy has been huge in, in mental health for um, a little while now and I'm, I've had some clients who uh, for example, claustrophobia, right? So I have one client who was right. like, hey, I have a client that are claustrophobic. Can you create something? So I created this whole virtuality experience that puts them in an elevator. And then when you're in the elevator, you feel the walls closing in on you. You feel like it's, mm -hmm. it's shaking. And it kind of lets people understand uh, what the, the viewpoint of what it would be like if you had claustrophobia. But not only that, it also helps people that have claustrophobia um, be able to, um, you know, overcome that phobia and that's just one example wow. right so we have claustrophobia we have schizophrenia we have even just telehealth sessions a therapist marriage counselors relationship it just goes into so many realms of what you can do um in the virtual um reality space so. that is that is awesome and we didn't hit on that in our first talk now i've got all kinds of questions so you're developing stuff kind of diagnosis specific in this in this virtual that is incredible Diagnosis specific and also just regular just uh, sit down uh, situations where therapists can have these conversations with their client in this telehealth setting as well. So um, I'm able to dive wow. into both. The ideas that these therapists have been coming up with um, has been really, really uh, well. I'll give you another example. So I have this lady that's um, her son. She's not even a therapist, but her son has is suffering from an eating disorder. And anytime he picks up a burger, he just can't do it. He just, mm -hmm. uh, he just you know, his stomach just starts acting up. He starts feeling really bad. So what I'm doing is I created a virtual reality space that he's in there, he's in the kitchen, and the kitchen actually looks just like her home. I redesigned it to look exactly like her home. She mm. picks up this, uh, the son picks up this burger, and as he picks up this digital burger, as he goes to bite it, it starts disappearing away and away. And it kind of gives him the feeling of, okay, I'm eating this burger, but I'm not actually eating it, feeling the food inside me, but I'm getting used to the fact that I can eat again that way. And it's been really, really cool, really, really cool to see this, the impact that it's been having just not on the therapy side, but the clients as well. 
That is, that is incredible. So in a way, that's kind of an exposure therapy too, isn't it? We're, we're yeah. not doing the actual thing, but we're preparing for what's, for what's coming. Right, absolutely. Terrence, how many therapists have, have you, because it sounds like you've worked with a lot of therapists, you've got a lot of different ideas, but how many therapists have you worked with and how many are you current working with as you are currently working with as you continue to design your space? That's a good question. So last month we hit our hundredth platform. We created our hundredth space for uh, therapists, wow. which is really, we move in pretty, pretty fast. Um, That's awesome. We have, the great thing about uh, what we're doing is I have standard platforms. I also have therapists that are paying rent just to rent out platforms just to have certain th uh, aspects as well. So we're doing both. We have, we have quite a few that we don't have a lot of people that are use the space and leave. Most of the people that uh, get on board actually stay on board um, gratefully. And um, yeah, we're doing pretty well, but you know, when I first started this, it was really funny because when I first started this whole concept, I was just like, I love the metaverse. I learned how to do the technology, but I didn't realize how much of an impact it could have on mental health. And now we're just seeing like all the impacts and like uh, and the growth from everybody and just so much positive feedback. So it's really it's really the therapists that are coming up with these really, really creative ideas because I'm not a mental health professional. Right. right I'm just a, right. I'm a teacher. So, <laughs> so do I have these mental health professionals giving me these ideas? I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. That, that is amazing. So yeah, at some point we have to collaborate too. I, I've just been so busy with other stuff, but I would love to have a client try this out with me and say, okay, what do you think about this? Because I think the advantage, and tell me if I'm wrong here, is there's a certain kind of anonymity that comes with this that you would not ordinarily get. And I always go to the place of clients are scared, many of them. They're, they're afraid to do this. And that was one of the advantages of telehealth is you don't have to leave your home, you know, if you're very afraid of leaving. Well, in this case, you get to go into the metaverse and you, you really get to have some anonymity there, which may free you up in terms of what you're going to share and talk about. Does that ring true with you? It very rings very, very true because one of the, the really cool aspects is like me and you are communicating right now during Zoom, right? But right. if we had our metaverse goggles on, we could be in the nice snowy hills of Black Hills, you know what I mean? South Dakota. I wish we like were. <laughs> right? That would be great. That would be that great. Would be great. Cool. I have I have spaces where people are at the beach and with the, with the park setting. I have spaces that where people are just outside in a gazebo with like you know with the night and, and birds flying and you hear the sounds in the background, uh -huh. the, the birds chirping and nice little music to, uh, to soothing and stuff like that. So what we're able to do kind of transcends what people have been doing, which is telehealth resume because we're here talking. Right. It doesn't really you know it feels like I'm here, but it doesn't feel like I'm there. But to actually feel like we're in our own setting. Right. And it could be a setting. I could put you in the desert if that's what you kind of like. You know what I mean? And the, the sky is the limit to that what we can so, do. So yeah, I even have cool. space settings. I have a space called the Space of Empathy. And when you open up the space, you see planets, you see shooting stars, all types of stuff. Um, it's really cool. <laughs> that's really cool to say the least. I'm wondering then, so I do a lot of group supervision and I love it. We could do the same thing for that, couldn't we? I mean, it's not specific just on therapists. We could do this for all kinds of different stuff in mental health, it sounds like. Oh my goodness. I have people that ask about building classrooms. I have people that ask about doing group stuff like Alcohol Anonymous, that type of thing, uh, where right. you can those type of stuff. So yeah, um, we've, we've a lot of nonprofits actually reach out. Um, we have uh, some people that um, have kids that have had traumatic like gun violence experiences, and we're able to put them in a community space in the metaverse where they can play basketball, where they can, um, you know, paint and draw and all types of stuff and really have a community where they feel safe um, and really can go through and, and actually converse with people that went through the same things that they did in this space without actually showing you what I look like face to face. And that's right. one of the things 
that we've really been seeing is that people have been way more open and honest being in a digital format than they are face to face, um, especially marriage therapists that we work with. Because, wow. you know, when your wife is sitting beside you and you're like, what's wrong? What's going on? It's kind of <laughs> yeah. hard. I really tell your wife, like, listen, you got to cook a little better, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're in this digital space, it's a little easier to tell her that. So. I, you know, I had thought about that, Terrence, but that, that is really true. I, I might get hit later, but I'll survive it in the moment because I'm my digital self. Um, yeah. That is that is too funny. Absolutely. So, so how many people out there are like you doing this stuff? Because I hadn't heard of anybody until you and I um, got together. There's a few people. I think this um, one lady named Jewel, she's a singer. She just part, uh, she became the CEO of Innerworld. And... Okay. Um, they are kind of similar. What they do is they kind of have these these spaces where kind of we're just talking about before, like alcohol anonymous type of stuff, anxiety places where people can come in and have conversations. Um, unfortunately, their technology is a little bit behind. Um, I use um, uh, Metis uh, technology, and they're a little bit more ahead, and we're able to do a lot of creative stuff there. We have other places like Amelia um, XR Therapy that do it as well. But the problem with what they what what they have is. They can create the simulations, the environment, but they can't create the functionality that we can. So like for the burger example, um, being able to pick up the burger and as you bite it, it disappears. They're not able to do that type of stuff. Their reality segments may look a little more realistic, but the functionality hasn't been um, developed with them yet. So there are a couple players in the spaces. Um, Nobody, nobody that big yet. Nobody that yet. So, so you're sort of leading the pack in terms of functionality is, is what I'm hearing. Functionality, and I, I, I don't know if I, it's crazy. Like, it, it's so funny the other day, because I had this lady who was um, who asked me about something, and I got on the phone with her, and she was like, I can't believe I'm talking to you. I was like, I'm like, I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> but she was like, I haven't heard, like you said, I haven't heard anybody in the space doing this. And I was like, listen, it's, there's people that are doing it, but there's not, um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little more fortunate. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, well, here's, here's the thing and you know mental health pretty well now. We don't innovate very much. I mean, if, if you really think about it, mental health kind of gets stagnant. And so when I meet innovators like you that are doing something I've never heard of, it's like, yeah. well, yeah, I want to promote that because I want to understand it. And uh, maybe that's not really a dark side topic, but uh, I don't care because this is really exciting stuff because clinicians can use this. And I want to give clinicians tools, Terrence. I want to give clinicians anything they can to make it easier and better. And if we can increase our client capacity, if we can increase access to services, that's huge because access to services is so difficult. And yeah. uh, I know people, they, they just simply will not go to therapy. But if you mix in this stuff, and yeah, I'm going to pick on the gamers. I am one. There's an appeal to this. There Absolutely. is an appeal, yeah, that you're not going to get in just sitting down with somebody. And I love that too. But this just has a, um, I get excited for this. And I am excited about it, obviously, because yeah. it appeals to me. And so, yeah, I think that's, again, the great thing is you're going to give people who ordinarily wouldn't do this the ability to come in, but also the tool to the therapist to say, here's something else you can use. Right. And it's an alternative, right? So like, we're not trying to say like, don't use Zoom anymore. You know, this is just an alternative experience that you can give to your clients. A more surreal feeling, right? Because if you have a private practice, everybody's doing Zoom and everybody's doing face to face. Yep. But you're like, hey, would you like to have a meeting in the snowy mountains of Black Hills? (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, let's do it. Well, you got me thinking because I want to see some clients today and I'm actually, yeah, I, I think that'd be a great question. Where would you like to do therapy? Like if you had your dream location, what would that look like? And then we could collaborate and create it, couldn't we? Right. Absolutely. And I'm in Florida, so I'm already living the dream vacation. You, you absolutely <laughs> are compared to me. 
but <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know snowbirds no. don't have to actually leave you know the mountains anymore they can just have the metaverse uh sunny aspect here so you don't actually have to travel to be a snowbird anymore <laughs> well I'll, I'll i'll say this it makes you appreciate when you go to a warmer environment that much more and so uh if i ever get to florida i will appreciate it that much more oh yeah and i'll show um, you all around well florida's a huge place but i'm in orlando so which is probably one of the biggest Oh, you're to. you're in the hub of all the great stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because I've only been to Disney World like once, and that wasn't even when I lived here. So I'm slacking. <laughs> all right. Well, if I ever get out there, we got to go to Disney World because it's just you, you you cannot go there and not go. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think they're making a Super Mario World, or is that Disneyland? I I don't know, but I think they're making a Super Mario. Uh, space out there too so that would be we... awesome i won't even touch on it or we will not get back on track but thank yeah. you for out there. so we'll, we'll we'll go to the dark side for one second so you must have some critics out there i'm guessing because any good idea is criticized by somebody what are some of the criticisms people have thrown at you for what oh you're doing oh my gosh like literally like it's so it was so funny because i have there's a there's a huge community in the metaverse world as well so a lot of people thought I was a fraud. A lot of people thought I wasn't able to create all these things. I'm like, hey, I got a whole, I got director people you can ask. I got like testimonials. I got all that type of stuff. So um, I get a lot of people that kind of hate on that aspect, especially other developers who can create VR platforms. They're like, you know, well, I can feel like I should be able to do this too. Or why are you able to do it? I'm like, you can, you can absolutely put your stuff up there. I think Albert Einstein said it best. We all have 24 hours in a day. What you choose to do with it is up to you. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I get some, like some little critics that have, like, that would do like that. But, um, it's, I mean, I feel like that's what happens. Right. I think, um, somebody said that life is like a video game. You know, you're going the right way, the more enemies you encounter, So <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah, yes. so like, if I'm not getting any enemies, then I'm going the wrong way in the game. So I, I understand it. I, I can't believe I've lived my entire life and never heard that quote. That is that is <laughs> really – and I fight lots of enemies, so I guess I'm doing the right thing too. Right, absolutely. So I'm, 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 I'm hearing themes of maybe some jealousy here with people and, and some – You know, I don't actually hold conversations with them. Like some people will hit me up. I have a close friend that actually introduced me to the metaverse, and he was like, yo, there's stuff around saying that you're a scammer or that you're um, – yeah, that you're not able to build this stuff. And I'm like, you've seen the places that I created. If you go into the Meta's platforms, you'll see my name on all of the stuff that I've created. I right. can recreate it, et cetera. So it's it's um it's one of those if it was if it was true, it would bother me. <laughs> but since it's not true, I just don't really think about it. I, I that, and that was my next question is how you how you respond to the criticism. It sounds like you don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I don't I really just ignore it. It's just like it's it doesn't really affect um hasn't affected anything for me. Uh, we have a very, very strong customer support team. So it's, when people reach out to us and they ask these questions, we're there hitting them right down the spot really fast. Give them examples. We got the tutorials. You know, again, we have testimonials, people that can, you know, vouch. So um, nobody that has actually ever done any work with us has ever said we're scam. It's just always the the little trolls on the Internet. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's not going away, is it? I've, I've had some of my own and it's. I, yeah, I won't get into that either. But I think any good idea is going to be criticized. And I think because we're a very comparative society, somebody's going to be like, oh, look what he's doing. And since I can't do that, or as well, I, I better say something mean about it because right. I, I have and to fight some way. You're a mental yeah. health professional. I'm like, no, I never claimed to be a mental health professional. Right. I, right. I, my master's is in business, everybody. <laughs> Just like so you know, I'm asking the business by 
my bachelor's in advertising, I literally took the time and devoted to learning uh, the process and learning how to do all this stuff VR wise. Um, took the time to learn it. Took about six months, and every day I devoted three hours a day to just learn the software, learn how to create, learn the codes, etc. So that's why I say like people are like, oh, you're famous. Like, listen, I put in the time to learn this stuff. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you were also smart enough to know that you needed some collaboration with mental health people and you embraced that, it sounds like. And to me, those are the best relationships, working with people that aren't necessarily in your world, but you find a way to work with them and learn from them. Because I've yeah. learned a lot from business people. Um, and, and I think that's really cool because some people try to do everything by themselves. And I think that's not usually a good idea. I've tried that. You need to have these outside resources. So no, that is that is totally awesome. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. is this gonna be is this gonna be your mark? I mean, when you think about your career and all the different things you're gonna do, is this gonna be your mark, Terrence, on mental health? Wow, that's a great question. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest, I don't know. Like I, I, the you know, a lot of the, the hate that I get, I get ten times more love and I I literally get people that will reach out and say, you know, you're. I, I have it on my LinkedIn. I'm a pi the pioneer of mental health um, and virtual reality. But yeah. people were telling me that. That's why I came up with the phrase of being a pioneer to mental health um, and virtual reality. And a lot of people that actually be like, listen, what you're doing, like keep going, keep going, keep doing. Even people that aren't even buying or subscribing, just people that are just out are just having love and that are fans and reach out and just be like, keep doing what you're doing. This is next. This is it. So to answer your question, I don't know mm. where I'm going. I'm just going <laughs> wherever it takes me, you know, it goes. I, I saw when I was a kid, it was a, it was always this, this phrase in our classroom. It says, shoot for the moon. If you miss, you're going to still land on the stars. Right. Yeah. So for me, I'm just going forward with mental health, where it goes. I'm not too sure. I just know that it feels really, really good when somebody reaches out and says, hey, your platform has helped my client, has helped and has done this, has been doing a little bit better, their marriage has gotten a little bit better, their communication has gotten a little bit better. So when I see that, that's kind of what drives me to keep keep going more so. The, uh, mm -hmm. More so is just the people that have just been um, impacted and really support me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I can tell you, love, you, you can tell people or you can tell when people love what they do because when they talk about what they do, there's an enthusiasm. And you know, from the day we met, I just knew that you love what you do. Yeah. And, and, and that's awesome because it, it, it's so easy to not love what you do. And because you love what you do, you're gonna turn out really good product. And yeah. so um, I, I thank you so much for what you're doing. And yeah. I, I had a couple more questions. I, I could go on all day, obviously. Um, let's say you and I work, I say, Terrence, I wanna hire you to build me a, a virtual space that encompasses de depression, maybe. How would we start the process? Like for our listeners and watchers, how would it begin? So the, the first thing we would do is to, is to reach out to our website and we will have conversations on how you would want that space to kind of look. Um, I kind of like bringing your ideas to life. So if you want that depressive um, type of atmosphere in a home, then we can you know create the home. But I get very specific because I really want the person's idea to come to life. So if you want yeah. the home to you know, have couches, et cetera, certain color schemes, et cetera. If you wanted the depressive state to be outdoors as well. Um, I kind of get the feel, kind of the rough, uh, what you're trying to do. And then we create it from there. And then we give revisions to the people that um, that have purchased or have bought in. And they get two free revisions. We're like, okay, yeah, let's change this. Let's change that. Let's change this. That way we get them exactly what they're looking for every single time. But, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so... Am I kind of paying for this then monthly or what, is, what does that look like? 
So if you get a customized platform, mm-hmm. you pay uh, uh, it's five hundred dollars for a custom platform. We do PayPal, um, pay later through PayPal as well. Okay. We have standard platforms. We have seven standard platforms as well that you can rent for as low as forty dollars a month. Um, the first month is free as well, so you can try it out there. So that's another thing. Like when little haters are like scammers, I'm like, listen, there's a whole free trial. <laughs> you can try it for free. There's nothing to scam people with. So. Okay, thank and I, I appreciate you clarifying that. It's funny we keep using the word scammers here. I, I is that what the world's becoming now? <laughs> I think it happened. Well, I don't know. Like ever since Andrew Tate came around, I've been hearing that word a lot: scamming and scamming. And yeah. Yeah. you know, I even hear people that think that just therapy is a scam, and just in general, yeah. um, yeah. which you know I disagree with. I believe that therapy is definitely needed, um, depending on the type of therapy as well. I think me and you spoke a little bit about depression and mm-hmm. how people fix depression. Um, not necessarily going to a therapist, but actually, you know, depression is always rooted into something, right? So if I am I broke, I lose my job, you know, and I feel like I'm going to depression, it's probably because I, I was broke and I lost my job. But if you took away those factors, I wouldn't be depressed. Depression just vanishes away. So, you know, um, that's different than other mental disorders, like an eating disorder or something like that. Like those type of things I absolutely believe in. But depression can usually be fixed by the person that um, is going through it. Now I th- I think so too, and it's a, it, and that's a very controversial thing to say because I think we like to associate a lot of mental health disorders with there is something wrong up here, and I've done this work for almost thirty years, and I can tell you that for a lot of people there's not a whole lot wrong. But you're right, they've they've made bad decisions or they've put themselves in positions that they don't know how to get out of. Um, and I think we don't problem solve very well. I think if we taught people to problem solve better, I think we're a very quick pace. We don't think stuff through anymore. That's just my contention. Um, I know we're not here to talk about that, but you know what? Um, I like going off on different tangents. We're going to anyway. We talked right. about it. So we, we, might, we might as well invite it. Might um, as well. We, we, we might as well. Um, I, I told you that I'm writing a book about my experiences growing up and some of my struggles and, and why I didn't go to therapy for the longest time. Um, I actually see a therapist now. I have no problem saying that. I think every mental health professional should. But you brought a, you brought up an interesting topic, and the audience has no idea this is coming. But the topic is why don't black men go to therapy? Oh yeah, yeah. That's a, um... <laughs> All right. So here, I hope the audience is ready. So uh, yeah, up. let's get it there out there. <laughs> Listen, um, you know it's it's funny because I, I ask people like who. Before black black people didn't usually go to therapy because who was their therapist and mm. their therapist was their women right and this mm. is the the beautiful thing about women women have a natural healing um, about themselves um, just being around like women don't even understand this to a t how special and important this is because a life of a man is very hard we go through different battles that women will understand where our life is very combative is very competition wise uh, we always strive to become the best and be yes. recognized by our peers and etc and those things take a toll on us right you bet. A beautiful thing is when you can come home and your girl and your woman, your wife is just happy. She's just bouncing around. She's talking about how Karen sucks at her job, but she's just super happy. The dinner's made. But that's such a healing factor that a man needs because, you know, if you watch any type of movie, anime, uh, DC, Marvel, when the hero, when Superman is down, yeah, you know, he doesn't have any energy left. It's the words of Lois Lane that gets him through it, right? Just knowing that he's there, knowing what he's fighting for. And that's what black, that's what black men had. We had that. Um, Unfortunately, we live in a society now where we don't, um, our women are a lot of influenced by a lot of uh, entertainment and media, Cardi B, et cetera, and um, Glorilla. And it's a lot of independent that I don't need a man, et cetera. And uh, studies show in 2033 that 45% 
uh, women will be single and without kids. So that's a lot of therapy that black men won't have because those women will be single, right? <laughs> so yeah, black people, black men need therapy now more than ever because there's a lack of what we're getting from home. We don't have wow. that healing factor of our women anymore. And it's unfortunate, but it's a sad truth. So I think what you said is profound because you're talking about connection. Yeah. Um, I didn't think we would talk about this, but now <laughs> I'm, I'm there, Terrence. So we have lost connection. I mean, I see it every day. Yeah. You know, it used to be that your neighbors were your friends and you'd walk outside and there was just, and I smile at people anyway, but we are distant and cut off. So what you're talking about does ring true. Even in our own homes, we're disconnected from, from people. So you're, yeah. you're, you're talking about 10 years from now, we could be in trouble. Well, yeah, the world is completely opened up now, right? Like women have a lot more options than they did before because back in the day, like when you met a woman in your town, it was usually that small town that you knew her. You know, she didn't have the influence of, you know, getting a celebrity to slide in her DMs to, you know, fly her out. You know, so there's a lot more competition for just the average man because the average man, when we were in our society, we were just competing for those women within our society. Now we have the dating apps, we have Instagram, um, and they say Instagram is one of the biggest dating apps out there. So there's right. a whole lot of competition. And what's happening is that men, the average man is getting demolished by the people that are able to have more money, the more cars, the more influence, et cetera. And it's just like I said, there's a lot of uh, men are more single now. A lot of men aren't even having sex or not even a lot of men are virgins, uh, going through virgins right now. I think there was a study that said uh, within 18 to 25 that a man has been with uh, without sex for a year wow. or is a virgin. And that, you know, is wild to think about because we, they should have more opportunities to have sex. But what because of all these dating apps, but they're finding that they're not right. So if you look at style, sites like Tinder, for example, Tinder, they, they say that there was a study that came out where they were showing that women only swiped right like 4% of the time compared to men swiping astronomically higher. And these women that were swiping right, they were going after the best looking guys that look like they had the money, et cetera. Right. So that's right. just a small example of just putting in that society of just uh, social media and dating apps. But if you put an average man in there, how they're just getting demolished. So, but, so <laughs> I... I also think these sites are so addicting. And, I, and here's my belief, Terrence. A lot yeah. of this stuff reinforces an addiction that we didn't have like 50 years ago. And I think we're addicted to snapshots. Because when you, and I, I, I don't go on Tinder, but I know when people do, it's a snapshot of the person. That's not reality. That, that is a created package, isn't it? Right. So you have to be able to meet somebody face to face. Absolutely. Face to face. I know. I experienced more. It was so. It was so nice back then. It totally was. Now I, I think I'm a bit older than you, but back in the '90s, yeah, you had to go to a pizza parlor or I don't know a burger place or right. talk to somebody on the phone. But now it's it's like and and again, as much as I love the virtual space and what we're talking about, I think this is totally separate because this is about misrepresentation. I think in so many ways that people yeah. get on there. Here's what I'm going to show you. But that says nothing about your character. That says nothing about your, your love of life or who you are. But you're right. I think visually, if it looks appealing, we are into it immediately. I know, I know couples that have met in the metaverse and are married till this day. <laughs> they Really? Met. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> met in the metaverse at a virtual reality party. You know, I no guess they, the way their digital avatar looked, they were attracted, they found out what they really looked like eventually, but they actually have moved in and are married till this day. So... To even think about that 10 years ago would not even be fathomable, right? No, <laughs> but this no. Now. That is so cool. So they met in the metaverse and they got married. 
Yep, got married. I know a few couples that are together to this day that met in the metaverse. I'm talking about going on years. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Wow. Yeah, it's it's here. <laughs> you guys tell people it's here. But if you think about it, eHarmony, yeah. um, all these Christian mingles, Tinder, all this stuff. That is already a virtual place that people are meeting in. So it's only natural that if I can meet a girl and like her on Tinder without with just seeing her pictures, I can probably like her a lot more if I actually met her in the metaverse, right? So absolutely. So here's my next question then. How can we make therapy more appealing for black men? Oh, that is a great question. I think there's a, there is a huge stigma because like I said before, black men didn't necessarily feel like they need therapy because like I said, we, we feel like our women do. I feel yeah. like the stigma is kind of um, releasing, but I think one of the big things is making it extremely affordable for black men because we already don't want to go and now we have to pay it <laughs> to go. So it's <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like I don't even want to be here, and I gotta pay. So it has to be appealing. I think a lot of more group uh, environments for Black men to be able to come will be able to do that as well, um, because Black men just in general they need the community to be able to have a support system. And a lot of times we don't just want to talk to somebody um, just across. We want to be in a community of men that think like us, that have been through the same experiences as as us. So um, I think that would definitely push uh, men, Black men, toward therapy more, as if it was a more group brotherhood type of feeling as well. I wonder, because I don't know how many therapists are kind of spearheading that, because I think that's a huge, a huge market right there. See, in therapy world, Terrence, everything has to be so specialized, and we have to know your niche, and I get tired of some of that stuff sometimes, but I think in this case it is important, because you're talking about a change that has occurred, and what black men once had, they, they may not have, and it looks like are not going to have. Um, right. And like you said, they don't want to go anyway. So how, how can we make it more appealing? Yeah. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of black men that are kind of leading the charge when it comes to mental health. Like Charlemagne the God, he has um, his own mental health um, company, I believe. There's a lot, of, and he actually is a huge advocate on, on mental health. But I think the one of the things that can really help as well is just we need to talk about it more, right? I agree. Black men can talk about the fact that we need therapy more, then it yep. will be more of us pushed to go with it. Because as soon as something becomes cool, black people are on it, just, you know? So we just gotta make it cool. Make it cool and make it affordable, and that's, you know, and, and from there we can, the sky's the limit for sure. I, I, I love that we're talking about this, and like you, I, I think things need to be talked about, even if they're uncomfortable. Virtually no topic is uncomfortable to me. I've, I've you know, 27 years in Thanks. mental health, I've heard just about everything, but I think we have to be less afraid to talk about this stuff, and we have to be less afraid about hurting feelings, and we have to be better listeners. I think we don't listen very well, and I think especially in our field, we sort of think we have it figured out. Well, they have to be traumatized, not necessarily. Oh, it's, it's the West. The West, we're, we're so big on not hurting people's feelings, and it's going to be so detrimental. Right now, they're having schools where you have to... Um, you have to call, if a kid wants to be identified as a cat, you have to meow at the kid. This is absolute acidite. This is like, it's, it's, it's madness. It's absolutely madness the world we live in to be able to not tell a kid, no, you're not a cat. You're a little boy named Timmy. <laughs> and you may like cats, but you're not a cat. Sit down, do your homework. But if we do that, and it's, I think they're calling it queer identity now. And teachers, I think one teacher or a substitute teacher got fired for it. It's absolutely madness, the world that we're living in now. Because like you said before, we can't tell the truth um, in the world without 
upsetting people. You know, fat shaming is a thing. Slut right. shaming is a thing. You know, absolutely all these types of all these type of terms to just being when it comes to just being honest. When it comes to Lizzo, yes, she is fat, and we should be able to say, listen, it is not okay to be obese. It is unhealthy, and be able to push this narrative and be able to actually save her instead of just living in a world of making her feel like this is a fantasy. And then one day when she gets really sick from being obese, it's going to be like, oh well, no. We have to be able to take care of each other. And even in the black yeah. community, we got to be able to be way more honest with each other as well. Yeah. There's there's so much shame that goes into it that wasn't there. I think pe people feel such shame. And truth, for better or worse, sort of puts the shame out there. And then, then you got to face it. And um, I think that's tough for people. We're not trained to deal with shame very well uh, at all. And I think, again, truth is a great way to kind of equalize the shame because you got to face it. And I think, I think you're right. Truth is very difficult to come by these days. And in therapy, I don't care. I hurt people's feelings all the time. I had a good friend say, Eric, you're a big guy. I'm worried about you. Did not feel good to hear that, but he's worried about me. So tell me right. the truth. Hurt my feelings. Because if it's the truth, there's going to be freedom there every time. Right. It's self-accountability as well, right? Absolutely. My friends, we roll. We're completely honest with each other. We hold ourselves self-accountable. If we're somebody is being a bum and they're not putting in their work in society, we let you know because if we don't let you know, society will let you know. Mm. Um, and that's a, a big difference between just men and women in general. Men will get smacked by society very fast. If you know that you are a, a loser in society, if right. society will remind you very fast when you can't get that job, you can't get that girl that you want. You know I mean? You're not getting respect from your peers. It smacks you very hard in the face. Um, but like you said before, it's still a part about being self-accountable, right? And that's what right. it kind of goes into having these communities and these groups where people can come and hold people self-accountable with other people that are going through similar things and being this, you know, this conjunction of this group where you can, you know, talk about your feelings, talk about what you're going through and have these other people that are holding you self-accountable will obviously put you in a better place than somebody lying to you, telling you that you're a cat. So right, 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 right. right. You would you would make a great speaker. You would you. Oh, I'm telling you. you. I'm telling you, Terrence. You you would you would be great at it. And and uh, yeah, I I I almost hate we have to wrap this up because um, we definitely need to do this again. Oh yeah, uh, I'm down. This 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 was a blast. And I I appreciate two things. I appreciate your honesty, number one, and your tremendously positive attitude because that's very attractive to me when I talk to people. And, and I can I like the fact that it's not about whether I agree with you. I don't care. I like that you put your perspective out there, and, and that's awesome because we we need courageous thing, right? people like that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I don't agree with a lot of things people say, but we're just in a society now where if you say anything somebody doesn't agree with, you are shamed for it. And yes. it's absolutely asinine. Yep. That is not how we progress as a society. We progress by hearing other people's viewpoints, understanding the viewpoints. If the viewpoint is true and can be proven through stats and whatever, understand and be able to move accordingly. So I'll, I'll, I'll even do you one more. And this, this rings very true to me. I learned a long time ago that when you have an argument or you have a point of view, you better know the strongest evidence against your point of view. Absolutely. That's what true, yes. And I talk to people, they don't even know another point of view exists. And I'm like, I have a lot of arguments, Terrence. I have a lot of things that I believe, but I also am aware of the arguments that could potentially defeat mine because right. I want to know what I'm up against. Because again, that is learning. That is right. how we learn and grow. And, and so I'm, I'm glad that you also take that approach of, okay, there are some things out there that may go against me. What can I learn from that? You know, what can I take and incorporate into what I already think and believe is true?
Absolutely. Whew. Yeah. You hit it right ahead. Yeah. We definitely got to do a part two. That's definitely absolutely true. <laughs> 100%. Um, it, it, yeah, we, we, we totally have to. But I, I want to say thank you so much again. The listeners are going to love this. And uh, you are my first guest of 2023. It's so good to be back on the dark side. And yeah, it was, it was just awesome. And, and yeah, man, thank you so very much. Thank you so much. I definitely appreciate it. And uh, thank you for the opportunity and would love to do it again. And um, thank you for all the people who are listening. Um, I hope you gain something from it. And uh, just thanks again. Honestly. Absolutely. Well, this has been the Dark Side of Therapy, episode one, technically, 2023. Terrence Williams, awesome guy. If you like this video, please hit like. Subscribe for more great content. It's going to be a great 2023, folks. Thank you so much. All right, we're out. Woo! <laughs> that was fun. That was awesome, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask that I drink my coffee, but I waited. I was like, I'll just hold oh, my coffee. No, you're 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 welcome. Hey, let's let's keep it casual. Um, no, let's definitely keep in touch. Let's look at a part two at some point. And yeah. uh, I will also reach out to you because I want to get a virtual platform. I really do. Yeah. I so appreciate it. We will be yeah. in touch. Yeah, and then like I said, if you have people that are interested, I do do an affiliate that also puts money back um, into your account as well. We give $100 back to our affiliate when somebody signs up uh, to get a, a standard or pla uh, customized platform. So I always tell people that as well because if you know somebody's not ready and you know somebody else is ready, you can still get some change in your pocket by you know pointing them to me. So <laughs> Absolutely. No, I will totally do that and because I think what you're doing is important. And I think after talking to you now, I see it even more important because this is not going away. I think you're exactly right. This was probably my most fun podcast. Really? Usually, so, yes. Usually it's, well, usually it's typically people are just, just asking about the virtual reality space, but just stick with that. But it's also very monotone. I'm just sitting there like, yeah, just answer questions. This one was fun. I was able to actually express how I feel about just other things Absolutely. and talk about, you know, just the exposure therapy. So it was, it was a blast. hundred percent, definitely my favorite podcast so far. <laughs> Thank you, Terrence. That, you know, man, that, that means the world to me. That, yeah, that means so much job. to me. Uh, and I do try to keep it fun. And, you know, when, when we initially meet, yeah, we kind of plan out a format, but I don't want to keep it too structured and rigid. I want to be able to go off in different areas. And, and when you sent me the message about black men in therapy, I thought, no one's talking about this. No one is talking about this. I thought, no. let's definitely talk about it. And I think people will benefit from that. Absolutely. Um, hugely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. yeah.